So in the simon that we're learning right now, in Kailo Simon Kovtsadik, there's an aspect, an element of the simon that gets into the topic of shiurim, shiurim and Torah measurements in halacha. Now, it goes without saying, it's quite well known that in recent generations, there have been various chiluk disagreements, differences of opinion regarding various shiurim in halacha. And... That's connected to the fact that throughout the generations, Tanakh, Chazal, and even till pretty recently, there were no universal official measurement systems. If you wanted to express a measurement, there was no universal measurement for small things. Inches, centimeters, millimeters, etc. To take an example from units of length, and the same goes for all other types of units. But rather... Uh, the measurements were derived from everyday life, right? So you have an etzpa, an agudal, is a finger. Tefach is four fingers, a fist. Uh, an ama is an arm, which is a number of tvachim. Now along the way with Chazal, you'll find sometimes, even in Tanakh, in Chazal, you'll find different, in the context of different discussions that a particular object is this sheer, and another object is a different shear, etc. Then as time went on, due to these circumstances and how the halachas are described, it's possible, and in fact it happened, that this creates confusion as time goes on. Both in the fact that etzba, tefach, and ama, it's not so, which finger, which hand, which arm, right? So there's a variation there. And also, due to different logical conclusions, different rays, uh, you can be, ah, oh, in this chazal, it's mashma, this object is like this shear. That must mean that this shear is this size. From that chazal, it's mashma, this object is this shear. Must mean that shear is that size. So you start getting lost in the thicket of these different uh, proofs and uh, can keep you occupied. That's indeed what happened. Now, in the last 100 years, once the new official measurements, whether it's inches or centimeters or meters, finally took root, they took hold. So until now, it's possible, we don't know what every person in every shtetl did, but they didn't have measurements. So everything up until 100 years ago or so, depending on where you live, everything was sort of generalized. Now that we have the measurements exist and the measuring tools exist and everyone can do this at home, so now all the ambiguity should vanish, and now we expect to have exact, precise shiurim that we can measure scientifically. But when it came time to do that, that's when all the chalukideas, that's when all the disagreements, differences of opinion came to a head, and now we have an official split, so to speak, uh, within the halachic world with different people following different systems of shiurim. So in Hilchas Nidah that we're learning now, we have, of course, one of these old types of she's ancient shiurim from life, which also ended up with many svekas, many questions and doubts. And that even happened long before the, most, uh, the last 100 years, as we shall see. And in fact, till today, there are different opinions. And in each general opinion, there are chalukideas as to practically what, what it's supposed to look like. And that, of course, is the shear of the gris, which we'll discuss 
in this year. And uh, for your benefit, in preparation for this share, I went through about uh, more than a dozen articles and essays on this topic that uh, tackle it from all, uh, all different angles. And I'm going to try to uh, summarize it and concentrate it here to the best of my ability. And uh, afterwards, I'll be happy to share uh, links or sources to these different, uh, sort, these different makayas. Of course, if you've already learned some of these in Yana, if you, if you looked into it a bit, some of this should probably be familiar to you. So the makar of this shear, where does this idea, there's a shape, the size of a gris, it comes from a Mishnah Nida, Perek Haraya Kasem, Perek Ches, Mishnah Beis, it says, after introducing the idea of Haraya Kasem Absara, Keneged Beis HaTorpa, Tmeya, so the Mishnah, Mishnah Beis says, You can blame it on as many things you can come up with, etc., etc. If she killed a, 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 a louse, a louse is a, a unit of lice, then uh, she could say that's the source of the kasem. At kama hitoila, specifically in a case of a machoilas, how big can the kasem be and blame it on the machoilas? So that's where the size comes from. The Mishnah, And even if she doesn't, it means even if she's not aware of killing anything, it's not like the other cases where she knows she was near blood. The whole idea is that she doesn't have to know, but we could just assume that it's fine. The Gemara adds a few more details to the Sugya, but this is more or less the bottom line. Now, where did this shear come from? The Pashtos, since the whole din of Ksamim, of course, is Midrabanon. And there's a line you find, the Heim Amru, the Heim Amru. You actually see later the Miltztaka uses this line. So they're the ones who created Ksamim, and they're the ones who created Tlio Biksamim, to be Mekel. So it seems like Chazal, as they were creating this din, they looked into the, the lice question, and based on what they saw in everyday life, they decided that. The size of the gris is probably the best size, and it's a helpful, useful, common, everyone knows what a gris is back then. That's going to be the, the size that will tell people, and that's what corresponds to the thing we're talking about, the machailas. Where else do we find the shear of a gris? So we find it, of course, in Nagoim Tsaras, the shear of a Baharas, like you find Baharas Kegris. And in fact, that's where more of the discussion, maybe the main discussion about the shear, can be found in Chazal and Yishayinim. Right, so if you look at Mesechus Nagayim Paragvav, Gufa Shel Baharas Kigris Hakilki Meruba. So now we're being told about a different type of gris, perhaps a gris Hakilki, and it's square. Mekayma Gris, and then the Mishnah Taitches Ois. It uh, it says Mekayma Gris Teisha Adashes. The uh, space of the gris can also be uh, translated into nine lentils. Mekayma Dasha Arbasayres, and each lentil is four hairs. And of course, in Tsaras, hairs is part of the discussion in Tsaras. Nimsu shleishim v'sheish sa'ara. So that corresponds, if you take the gris and you turn it into nine, three times three, and each one is four, that comes out to a total of 36. And of course, we'll get back to these details soon. What's the marker for the shear there? So if you look in the Ramah Menuchas Tumas Tsaras, after he mentions these different, these different figures, he says, v'chosh halach that, that was the tradition. Tradition was, unlike the previous din, here's the uh, tradition in Taira that it's this size. And 
Pashtos, the main, there's a difference between the gris here and the gris there, because there, it would seem the main thing is the hair. The hair is a measurement of skin. We're trying to, to we're talking about a measurement of skin. The only one of these three things that's on the skin are the hairs. So the original shear must have been, probably was, the hairs. The example of the gris probably did not come to Kabbalah, but then Chazal saw that, oh, the shear of the gris that we use, that we're familiar with, fits very nicely with the shear. We have a Kabbalah of 36 items. But the result is the same. Both are shear gris. Now we keep on repeating these words. Gris, gris shalpoil, gris akilki. We're not, we haven't explained them yet. I'm afraid some people who, uh, who are talking, even when you come across it in learning, not everyone necessarily stops to ask, what exactly are these things? So here, of course, it's very important to stop and ask that. What is a gris? What is a poil? And what is kilki? Now, before I continue, I just want to point out that what we end up seeing here is somewhat interesting, and it gives you a perspective into the overall development of how shiurim came to be, came to develop over the generations. Right? Originally, it says in the Mishnah gris, so what, what's the question? What's a gris? Come chazal and, or rishayim and take from chazal, there's also adoshus, there's also cyrus. So in the time of the Yishayim, in the beginning of the Acharayim, the discussion shifts. They're no longer discussing what a gris is anymore. Now the discussion is, what are adashas? What are, how do you measure them? Comes the male stock, as we shall see, and he was the first one who tried to make some kind of cheshben with, with the tools that he had available in his day, and to make some kind of formal shear. The way he was going to publicize it is by printing a shape on paper. Come the Achrayim, and they start arguing about the male stock as shape. So each it's just a cycle, and whatever you come along and explain, that becomes the focus of the next discussion. Comes the Alter Rebbe and changes his mind, as we know, or as we shall see, and says a different share. And he mentions some contemporary coins from around his time. Come the Achrayim, uh, or the people uh, alive today, being Isaac in the Sinyan, and there's a big machlekes about the coin of the Alter Rebbe. So, again, the cycle continues. And in fact, as we shall see, there are some out of Chabad who even disagree as to whether the Alter Rebbe really changed his mind. And this, in other words, is one framework you can give for the shear. We're going to sort of move from Gris to Adashim, to the shape of the Miltztaka, to the coins of the Alter Rebbe, etc. I just want to point out that we do have a shear, a special shear planned for Monday evening by someone who's looked specifically into the question of the coins, the coins of the Alter Rebbe, the coins the Alter Rebbe uses also to describe the shear of the middle Staka, and I'm trying to leave that uh, department to him, and we're going to discuss other aspects of this, of this issue. So getting back to our, our focus right now, the shear Hagris, which as we said, it seems that at some point they just stopped discussing the gris, and instead they're discussing the secondary shiurim, etc. But today, Dafka in this generation, with all the information we have now, with all the research into the ancient world, there are some who have returned to focus on what is actually the original gris. Can we, can we figure that out? Um, out of the belief that it is possible to reconstruct and, and figure these types of things out. And again, there were some along the generations, along the course of generations who did this as well. But first, let's translate the words. So, a poil, of course, is a bean. Simple. Kilki, kilki uh, in English would be pronounced Cilician beans. 
Cilicia is a region north of Eretz Yisrael. It's still there in Turkey today. You can look it up. So it sounds like there was some variety not too far from Eretz Yisrael that might have been slightly different. That's a poil and that's what's gris. So one of the articles on the topic, they point out that the, the definition of gris actually depends on the context. Sometimes it means ground beans. And sometimes, like in this context, it just means, yeah, more of a, a grinding uh, situation. And, but in this case, and in Makaitis like this, it means just split down the middle. The bean itself has a bit of a double uh, aspect to it, so you can just split it in half, and then you have the half a bean, still the same height, and uh, etc. It's just flatter. That seems to be the idea. Once it's flatter, it's easier to measure. Now, we have to make note of the differences between a goyim and nida. In the Mishnah in the goyim, it said, gris kilki. Here in nida, it said, gris shalpoil, without specifying. Also, in the goyim, it spelled out the adashim, which, of course, are lentils, as we said, which are much smaller. And the hairs, which actually, like we said, has more to do with Nagarim. It's not mentioned in Nida. And as someone, one of the people points out, there are other significant differences between Nagarim and Nida. Uh, the two big ones being that in Nagarim, a gris is already tame. In Nida, up to a gris is tar. It has to be gris void. And also, the fundamental difference is that in Nagarim, it has to be square. It actually has to have that square shape. And in Ksamim, it doesn't have to be the shape as long as you have that same space. But already the Rambam, in Hilch, where he writes Hilchas Nida, which are, of course, in the Hilchas Yisurei B, a pedic tas, the Rambam already conflates or connects the two halachas. The Rambam writes, V'animtzal ha-begar in metame, ad shi'yik ha-gris ha-kilki, shuhu meruba, shi'yish boi k'day teisha ha-doshes, shalash al-shalash. So he's talking about Nida, and he copies all of these Lashaynas from Nagarim. Mepharshim pointed out, oh, he got it from Nagarim. Look in the Torah. Like Gazer al-Akasem, unless there's a gris v'oid, gris is tasadoshes. As long as it's not the shear, we say to Damkina, even if she didn't actually go and kill one. Once you have the shear, you can't be tailor bekina. Whether it's meruba, shlesha adoshes or shlesha, oyim hu arech. So the Torah adds this, says this clearly. It doesn't matter if it's meruba or arech. And then he brings another Hagdar from the Ramban. The Ramban said, If she somehow finds even a bigger one, If you happen to have a large gris, so you can use that and say, oh, as long as the stain is not as big as this gris. It implies, of course, that they didn't actually keep anything in their office to check consistently. And this time you got this bean, this time you got that bean. The Bishyasef, Comments in the Kitzer, he says, when the Torah writes, Grisu Tesadashis, that's the Rambam who made the connection, and the Rajman Tayyus Abayas as well uh, goes along with that. And the reason is because in the Goyim, that's what it says. And then you have Ashkenazi Mikhailis, the Augur, Bashem the Maharil, also says that Shir Gris, Takel, Nidas, Tisha Adashim. And from there, it ends up in Shulchan Aruch. So, on the one hand, from the Ramban and the Rashba, who also mentions that Lashon of the Ramban, sounds like they're still talking about looking at actual grisim, actual beans. But in the Ashkenazi Mikaitis that we just quoted, the Agar Maril, etc., it sounds already like they're shifting their focus to focusing on the Adashim. And in fact, there is a unique Shita in Yishoyinim, in Sefer Yireyim, 
The Yerim wrote, V'anan loy bekinan shapir, ma'hu grist shal poel. We don't actually know what this is. Helchach tzarech lihizar b'ksamen l'fishikal hadas she'ein dam ha'chaylas upar eishem raba. He combines this with, a, with another point. We don't know, we're not sure what a, what a, a grist shal poel is. Along with the idea that, wait a second, are lice that big? Think of how big a, a bean is. And think uh, how big a louse is, and think about how much blood you can get from a louse. Shouldn't be that much. So he combines the two things together to say that we should just go with our instinct as to just go look at the lice and try to judge based on that. This Yireim is cited in the Pischit Shuvah here on the Daf, and by other Achreinim. But even though he seemingly has a good uh, argument, uh, and as we shall see, even those who have identified today, they say, well, we can identify the louse and the bean, the, his point still stands, his observation still stands, but Rubu de Rubu de say that we just accept what Chazal said and that's it. So from then on, we find almost no discussion about Poilim and Grissim directly, and the discussion shifts, Take, to the Adoshim, and that's going to be the main focus once we get there. But actually, to be honest, we don't really find much of a discussion at all in the Vishayinim. Certainly not more than a line here or a line there. And the big discussion actually starts in the 1700s with the Me'il Tzedakah, as we shall see. However, there is one Chashiv Amaka that dealt with it, among other things. Before, he was a little before the Me'il Tzedakah. And that is the Chacham Tzvi. There's one detail of what he says that actually made it here in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch. And more of it was cited in the Pischit Shuva on the Daf. Well, let's take a look at the Chacham Tzvi. Shut Chacham Tzvi, Simon Samach Zayin. Starts with the date and the place. Prague, Tov Samach Dalet, 1704. So also already in the 1700s. He was asked, Advar Shir Kesem Kegris, Yesh Biyod Yeza Dover Ma, Bipi Avoisai, Verabosai Hagdoshim. Do I have, you're asking me if I have any information, any, any, was anything transmitted? Tshuva, Ain Iti Dover Mekubo Mipi Avoisai. I have no facts to share, which itself seems to be pretty interesting. Seems to be a pretty important halacha, and it uh, doesn't seem like there was much of a tradition, much of an ongoing discussion. It goes on to say, Kedayim, the Raivet, the Ramban, and the Rashba, we can rely on them, Afilobi Isra Kol Shekein Ksamim, which are mainly Medivri Seifrim, as it says in a Mishnah, Le'omru Chacham Hadover Lahachmir Allah Lahakal, the Gemara says, there's this trend of being mekel here. And he points out, by the way, the person asking the question, when you were writing about this, you were concerned. It's very important to examine. So you wrote, ah, Isr Taira, I'm very concerned. It's not an Isr Taira. It's very important to observe this. Not an Isr Taira. It's economy divrei seifen. Now, he says, there's a question, though, for Harav HaChassid. You had these titles uh, long before uh, the Hasidic movement. Harav HaChassid, Reb Shmuel Aboyav, in his Sefer, Simonon Aleph. So, this is referring, it doesn't say the name of the Sefer, but it's referring to the Sefer, Shalas Shuvah's Dvar Shmuel. It had been printed just two years before this Shuvah uh, in Venice, Tov Samach Beis, after Reb Shmuel Aboyav passed away. And there, there's a long Shuvah, could perhaps say the first long Shuvah in Achreinim, about the gris addressed to Chachamim and Tzvas, and mainly focuses on just going through all the Makaitis and Chazal, which can be a big mess if you actually uh, delve uh, deeply into them. So one of the questions was, how could it be that if I find a larger pile, 
then somehow the lice has more blood now. That's, that's essentially this, this vart from the Ramban, that you find the bigger one, be mashar with the bigger one. How does that work? Uh, ants have more, lice have more blood. So, Lav Kushi, he says, that's not a question, because they hold, that Chachamim hold, that the largest pile in the world is uh, never larger than the shear of Dama Chaylas. You just have to take Chazal's word for it. And the Rishonim's understanding of Chazal. He says there are other questions there as well. We're not going to get into the technicalities. But the Chamsvi's takeaway is, is that if we, have, if we don't have enough information as to what this gris, what size this gris is supposed to be, we ought to assume that it's large. You can't say that it's cotton ebeni, but Chazal said, gris shok hulahakal. So we should assume that we're talking going with the largest, most lenient size. I, Harava Chassidzal, Shmuel Abov said, I could uh, interpret that memory other ways. In Svar Aloymar, that the gris of Ksamim should be smaller than the gris of Nagayim. And uh, he says, even if Shmuel Abov was masking, even though he's always machmer, but uh, you see that Shmuel Abov doesn't uh, want to start up with the Raiva, the Rabban, and the Rashba, who say, just go with the largest. The next problem is, what about the Adasha? The Adasha itself is a, is a problem. Because in Negoim it says that the Gris HaKilki is like Teisha Adashas. In Kalem it says, Mesechus Kalem, Adasha She'omru, Loi Gedoy, Levaloi Ktana, Ela Beninus, Zumitris. So Stam Adasha in Shir Hazal is the Adasha Beninus or the Adasha Mitris. Now the Chamsvi says, I remember when I was in Constantina, as we know, Chacham Tzvi is partially in part named that way because even though he had an Ashkenazi background, he spent time in Turkey, in the East. He says, I remember when I was there, they actually imported Adashim Mitzrius, if you actually want to try to go with the words Chazal say. And he says, they were bigger than the lentils that they imported from Egypt to Turkey were larger than lentils here in Europe. And that's the one bit that's actually cited here by the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe writes in Tzivkot and uh, Yud Gimel, So that's the context for that. And uh, interestingly, this is not the only time you see the Chacham Tzvi's uh, familiarity with those countries uh, comes in handy when it comes to Marer and Pesach. So in Europe, Chrein became the Marer. But the Chacham Tzvi comes along and says, I was in other countries and uh, the real murder is lettuce. And Chrein is not mentioned in the Mishnah. And that's a whole discussion in its own right. But it's interesting to see like a pattern with Chacham Tzvi. So we have these Mekairis. But in the last Pedak of Maesiris, it says, Adoshin Hamitzri is and And the Rambam writes that they're, they're pointy at one end. And that the reason why they're part of Maesiris is because they're in the desert. So they're from Hefker. We never saw any such Adoshin. But let's just go with Rabbi Bov and others who say that let's just go with the Adashim that we know. Let's not get too caught up in is it the right one, is it not the right one. And let's say, dear, you go Lahakal. And he says, you see in Hilchas Nagayim, when the Ramam writes the Shir over there, he doesn't mention the Adashis. Even though the mocker of the Adashis is from the Mishnah in Nagayim, but the Ramam in Nagayim skips the Adashis. He just writes the 36 Cyrus. That was enough for the Rambam in the Goyim. Davka by Dine Kasim, where the Mishnah didn't mention anything, that's where he mentions the Teisha Adashis. And he doesn't mention the word Mitzvahs or Beninus, these words from Kalim. 
So when it comes to the word Benini, it could be he was just relying on Samachal HaMeven, that if you don't say otherwise, you should assume it's the Benini. But when it comes to Mitzvahs, why didn't the Rambam specify? True, but he's writing for everyone. Nira, he says, must mean that it doesn't matter. You don't have to take it too seriously. You don't have to get hung up on the adoshin. And that means that anybody can take nine average, the Benenius we're going to assume, so take nine average lentils, and anyone could do that. It's not complicated. And that's Hakka the Psak of Arava Chasid Hanal, even though he's always Machmer, although he didn't get into the adoshin question so much. And now we get the reason why I'm quoting this, which is what about the original shear? What about the bean? says, What if you just want to go with the original? So he says, It's clear, And that's the word in Germany, in German till today, for beans, bunen, it's the same word essentially. And he says, Here we have two minen. There's one called Turkish bunen, Turkish beans. And they happen not to have any teloim. He says, My... Uh, uh, my grandfather, the Shah Ephraim, that was the only bean he would eat for this reason. And there's another man called, he spells it uh, anarchaically, but it's clearly Greisabunen, large beans, big beans. They are much more, they are much buggier. You see in Simon Pedalad in the Hilchas Teilaim, it mentions Teilam Hanim Tzom Bepoilin, so Poilin is the beans. So this man, Taka, the Greisabunen, if you take the big bean, if after you split in half, which is the way it grows, so you just split the two in half, uh, then a taka is a, like a meruba. It's a bit like a square, which is what it said in the Goyim, Gris Akilki Meruba. So, So, absolutely, you could just go to the store and get a bean and go with that. Uh, get to that in a second. And if you're going to ask, no, how could a, how could a louse's blood be that large? So you tell him, yeah, much bigger chidushim and chazal. How about that? What's up with that? Remekel. Or or something that's not mekabal and she sat on it, and then she stood up, and she found the kasim gadol, and tohaira. It all comes back to the same thing, he says. And uh, they must have known that there is something that big. So you don't have to be concerned. Don't be concerned about Isser Kadas. Clearly whoever it was was concerned about being Mekel and Yishiyorim because it's Isser Kadas. Even if Ikonida is Bikadas, Ksamim is not Isser Kadas anyway. There's no Isser Deir Aisa. It's just a Chumrah. And these are the rules of Ksamim or Mekel. His son, Yaakov Emden, the Yaivetz, also has a tshuva about this, following up on his father, Shut Shelez Yaivetz, Chelek Alef Simen Samach He writes, When my father wrote in Shuvah Samach Zayin, to be mekel, to use the grace of Bunen, so Avaraya from Yeridea, there's Yaakov uh, Ibn Chaviv, the Mechaber of the Yaakov, so the Bish Yosef had a, a work of his, uh, that's Mavar Halachas, we don't have it anymore, I believe, but we just have whatever passages the Bish Yosef quotes, so, Rabbi Yaakov Ibn Chaviv was talking about uh, a kulia in the context of uh, Trefus, and what if the kulia shrank to the size of a poil? So he asks, whatever the question is, not getting into it, he says the, the poil is more than a grape. How does that stem with whatever? So, oh, 
But what do we see? Just that, Chagav, taking that out of context. He says the poil is greater than a grape. So that must mean, probably, the Rakhandin says, that whenever we say a poil and shas, it must mean they're a really big one. Because otherwise, uh, all the other ones are smaller than a grape. So why, what was his question? If he's saying, Lush Niktina Kapoil must be from Chazal, and he's saying that is larger than Arava, so obviously you see that poil, when I just say the word poil, I assume we're talking about the large one. I, Arvach Arvat Sarech, is Rebiak of Ibn Chabib such a bigger mucker than Chacham Tzvi in Rebiak of Emden's eyes? Lavdafka, but maybe he had Divide Kabbalah, maybe he was coming with talking more of a tradition. It's at least a bit of a raya. And then he says, I found a big raya to my father in Yerushalmi. There's a famous Chazal in Yerushalmi that Ein Merubah Memaisa Breshis. There's nothing square. So you might be familiar with uh, that Yerushalmi. I think the Rebbe writes about it somewhere. But the, what's less known is that Yerushalmi asks from this. It says, Grisa Kilki Merubah. How does that stim? So uh, one of the answers in Yerushalmi is, is that, yeah, this is the exception. Or maybe the things that, only, things that grow are different. But you have this idea in Yerushalmi that the Grisa Kilki is square. So he says, oh, which bean does that fit? Does that, if you tack a go with the me that it, it's tack meant to be a square, so then you tack a, see that the grace of bean, it tack a, you split it in half, it tack a, looks like a square. And he says, I'm surprised my father didn't mention this. Oh, so, ain't Safik Bedover, hein hein advanim, shinim surum isinai gvura, and uh, he supports what his father says. And the Kaivitz of Eitz Chaim, Baba 45, issue number 22, from Tafshanai and Dalit, they printed additional Haggoyas of Yaakov Emden that he wrote in the margins of his copy. And they also cite other Mbakairas where Yaakov Emden continues the discussion of Marek and elsewhere. Interestingly, it seems that throughout this entire discussion, he, neither he nor his father, it never occurred to them to actually try to measure this bean against the Adashim, to try to see if the two things match up. That could have been a factor in this discussion. But he never, uh, doesn't seem to ever get to that. So before we get, before we move further, so like I said, in this generation, you have some who are back on the topic of the Grishel Poyos and Tchumen, number 26, from Tavshin Samach Vav. There's an essay, Hakinava, Pishpish, Hagrisva, Termas, Behilchas Nida. There's also another essay online about the Poyos in general. So the first, the article in Tchumen identifies the Laos as the common Laos. The, there's the Laos on the body, and there's the Laos on the head. It's exactly the Laos that we were familiar with. Um, and then he, this, uh, this professor mentions that based on the size of the Laos, and even based on the amount of blood that the Laos sucks, because obviously that's why they're uh, on the person's body. So there's additional blood in the Laos. But with all that together, if you look up the measurements, uh, the Yerayim's question essentially still stands how that aligns with the Gris. When it comes to identifying the poil or the gris, so he says, one assumes that it is the standard bean known as the broad, you look it up on Wikipedia, the broad bean, the fava bean, the faba bean, the bean. Still uh, the standard bean today. Uh, in the time of Chazal, they split it in half, that's why it's called the gris. Gris means to, to cut, to split. Um, today, still there are a number of varieties within the poil itself, and the, of course, we know there are pods, and in the pods are the seeds. We're talking about the seeds in the pods. Um, so they're, they're called seeds. So these seeds can differ in size depending on the variety. He says that Yehuda Felix, who was a big expert on botany and zoology in Tanakh and Chazal, 
Hitaka argues that the pile of Chazal must have not been as large as the pile today, which is two centimeters or more. He says it's a different variety that's not bigger than one centimeter. Maybe that would work with the Yedayim Taka if you go with uh, that uh, Havana. But, he says, as we shall see, the Angunum Ashir that we have today fits actually very nicely with the size of the regular bean, 2 centimeters, 20 millimeters, that's more or less the standard shear that we have today, so it actually, that actually fits nicely with uh, looking up the, that bean. And then he goes on to summarize the discussion in Achreinim. So, you can actually, you see, you can actually take the discussions in Achreinim and maybe connect it to this more contemporary discussion about the pearl itself. But as we said, most Achreinim said, there's nothing wrong with the larger shiurim. Like the Alter Rebbe said, the Bixamim Shanu Chachamim Kigrish Shal Poil Stam, the Lay Pishu Beiza Poil, Hilchach Misharim Beiza Shayizdamilanu, the Afilu Hugadamina Kilki, the Bixamim Hilchin Lahakil, the Mlainis Damilanu Akalpanim in Lahachmir Pachasmina Kilki, Shizkiru Chachamim Gabi Nagam Befeder. So that's some of the background to what the Alter Rebbe is saying there in Tzavkatan Yud Gimel. And what is a grisa kilki, according to this uh, individual? He, he says it must be a slightly larger a variety of that bean. The second article on the topic, the article online, points out they actually have Rishonim that mention the word fava. He says the Aruch writes fava, uh, the Reb Matz and Kalayim writes fava, the Rambam writes in Arabic, al-ful, the word full in Arabic till today, means this bean. He also points out that the Gabi kilki, the Rambam writes in the Gaim, kilki miyuchas lamakim, so this idea that it's just a slightly larger variety of the same thing. And then he points out that, yeah, generally they are rather square-like or rectangular. And then he points out that you can connect it to the Chacham Tzvi, who also touched on this. Uh, on that, in that article, which I guess I'll share soon, there's actually a picture. You can see a picture of... Uh, I have it here somewhere... You have a picture of fava beans next to a ruler, and you can get a sense of uh, the size. Oh, here. Just uh, not that it's that helpful, but uh, and of course you can't trust the size of the picture, which can get reshaped many times. But here's a picture of uh, fava beans, and next to a ruler, at least the long side looks more than two and a half centimeters. Maybe when you square it out, maybe it's about two centimeters. Now we get to the next stage of the discussion, both in just getting from Shita to Shita and Achreinim, and also the next stage in the development of how it changes from uh, talking about the Gris or Adashim, and it turns into pictures or coins, and that's the Me'iltzdaka. So first of all, who is the Me'iltzdaka? A few people asked, who is he? Because all of a sudden he's the center of attention here. So he lived at the end of the 1600s, beginning of the 1700s. He was a Rav, a Paisik, in Bohemia, Prague, known as the Miltzaka after the Sefer. He was an anecdote of the Manam of Prague. He grew up in Prague. He made a tremendous impact, a mark on the world of halacha in his very short lifetime, and he passed away at the age of 34. So everything that he, uh, he wrote is before that. Uh, he passed away in the year Tuf Ayin Gimel. He prepared the Miltzaka for print, and it was printed after his lifetime in the year Tuf Kuf Yud Zayin, 1757, anonymously, but everyone knew and everyone knows that it was him. So we're going to take a look now at the Shut Miltzaka with the time we have left. It's a long chuva. we're going to shorten it. He says, I was asked by someone, uh, as a Maisa Shahaya, there was a woman sitting, Upana Shalmata, 
So somehow she was pressing her body, that part of her body was pressing against the leg of a, a baby uh, of a crib. And then she found a stain on that leg of the crib. And now the question is, what, really, it's really going to come down to what the exact size of a gris is. So they want to know what's the sheer kesem adukduk. And number two, um, is this thing makabal tumor or not? That depends on how large the leg is or the crib. That's a separate cheshvim. So they reached out to him. This is his field of expertise. So he says, on the first question about gris shoksamim, so he says, whatever shapes you'll find in Sifrit Fos, and I'm not sure what he's referring to, but it could be attributed to Yurim to him, but there must have been something beforehand. He says, they're not accurate. He says, the, the guy, well, all the guy Dematpus does is he, he finds uh, nine Adashim and he just uh, sticks them in a square, but uh, they're not paying any attention to the correct size, the correct shape. And he says, by the way, if, it's, uh, if you go with 36 sidus, with 36 hairs, that's going to be uh, way too small to hold nine adashim. If you, if you go with the idea that it's this, 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 uh, the sidus shibaraish, think about it. The amount of hairs that fit on the head, it's not going to be that many adashim. You're going to have to have really tiny adashim. And al Tarebataka gets into this in Sifkat Miralaf. But you see the Ramah and the Haggais and Shulchan Taka changed it, and he changed it to Gufishal Adam. It's still a little difficult. Where in the Gufishal Adam? It's tricky to, to measure sinus. And anyway, um, where did the Ramah get this from? Assuming that he Taka meant it, he was Taka being Medayik and, and changing it from Reish to Guf, must be maybe the same Kasha, that the Tesadashim are way too, are way too big compared to 36 sinus on the head. But either way, it's still, we're st- not enough information here. We're still a little stuck on what is the shear of 36 sinus and what is the shear of 9 Adashim. So the Cyrus is confusing, but the Adashim is also confusing. You think it's easier to figure out 9 Adashim, right? No. Same Akhidus that were mentioned by the previous. In Kalem it says, Bainanus, Mitzris, and Maisris, you have this Rambam about the, the pointy end. I don't know what the, the Rambam is saying, that they're pointy and that they're in the desert. Hamtzvi also touched on this. So, we can't go with the hair, that's confusing. We can't go with the adashim. So, that's expi- explaining the question. So, he says, I'm going to start by pointing out that what the Ramah said, when the Ramah said, Adam, that was definitely a good call to say that, because it's certainly not going to go with the head. And uh, it, must, it must be based on all these Yishayin that said, Shir Tes Adashim, of Cyrus, based on the Mishnah Negoim. And... Uh, he says the Mishnah Nagaim, he has a eyes, the Mishnah Nagaim are clearly talking about the Gof and not the Raish. And where did they get this from, Bechlau? Where did they, Lechaira, in Nida it says Grish Shalpoil, and in Nagaim it says Grish Akilki. How did these Rishonim Taka decide that it's the same thing? Yesh Leimar, that you know the Shir of Grish Shalksam is Lahakal. So they decided to go with the largest Shir that they could find. And they assume that the Grish Shalpoil must be the same size. Ah, it says Grisha Poil. It's not to tell you not a Grisha Kilki. Um, it's just telling you that uh, it doesn't have to be square. Like a Grisha, Grisha Kilki is square. And a Goyim, it has to be square dafka. Grisha Poil means it could be even if it's elongated, as long as you have the Shatach. And then he goes into Big Arichas about the head and the hairs. The head versus the body. You see B'Kitzitak and the Altarem and Sifkat and Yudalaf. And the Sheedah Yehuda says... 
בשם מזברד, אל תראה בכמעט שהכריח, המאוד סטוקה בדס על המועל ליאס הסיירס כמו שם קבועס בגופה של אדם, ולא כמו שם קבועס ברישוי, והביא ידיים ממחיה, בזה צודקו דבר מועד בעיני רבינו אך מורזל. That was one thing of the מאוד סטוקה that אל תראה still appreciated even after חזרה. נחזור לענייננו, now that I've proven that the hairs are supposed to be בגוף נא פרש, the רש is too crowded. Um, okay, let's move on to the next step. Still not clear, because even on the body, there's different, uh, different concentrations of hair on the body. Uh, he's assigned to the Tshuva's different Shmuel. And then he gets into a whole pilpil as to how the hairs are supposed to, let's say there's four adashat to hair, how are they supposed to fit? Now today, but also gets into that in the second paragraph in Sifkat Yadav. So he says, now that we've dealt with that confusion with Osiris, let's talk back to the Adoshim. He says, in my opinion, it's the Adoshim in Medinus Elu. Gets into the whole question with the Rambam. The Rambam seems to be describing something else. We don't, we don't have time. He gets to the conclusion that uh, we've got to say that it's got to be the regular Adoshim. Uh, whatever the Rambam is saying, is, we, have to, we have to reinterpret it. Okay? We still, even with the lentils that we have, there's still different varieties, different sizes. So he says, we have the Ravid who says, use the biggest gris. So he said, use the biggest gris. He never said, use the biggest adoshim that you could find. So he a bit repetitively says, Mumuzagin, that uh, you can't use the biggest adoshim you could find. Probably they meant, Mestamahain Habeninim. Only the gris could be the largest. But the nine adoshim, average ones, are the ones that match that shear. And that's cited by the Alter Rebbe, Bekitzer, and Sifkat Niyad Gimel. Still, let's say it's Bainanim. What are the Bainanim? So uh, I went and checked, and he says, I think it should be the largest variety that we have. I, I thought we're looking for the Bainanim. Based on all the information that I have, I think that our largest must be equivalent to the Mishnah's Bainanim. There must have been a bigger one. It brings a raya from the Beis Yosef and Simon Samachvav about uh, the, the yellow in an egg that that somehow is, corresponds to the size of uh, uh, the Adosha Gedoyla. So there must be larger ones. Right? The Chacham Tzvi also mentioned that the Taka were larger ones uh, in Mitzrayim. So the largest one in Europe is the Benini of Mishnayis. Now how do we measure it? Next question. Try to be Mekatzer. Do we have to actually measure it scientifically, or can we just uh, take a general look at it and get an impression? So he brings a diet from Erevin, that the Chazal say that even Shirdi Rabbanon, you can't generally rely on Oymid Das, you have to measure. So Ebazoi, the same goes here. Now, how do you measure? So he says, Dikdakti, just give me another two minutes, I apologize. Dikdakti, ki abeninis, the min abeninis, the average. Uh, being of the average type, grad. What's grad? So in the Sefer today, he says grad is actually the word carrot that we use in uh, precious uh, stones. So carrot echad betas hamargolius. So there was some kind of pearl measuring plate and it measured in carrots and the bareness of the bean matches of grad. And you see in Shadis Yehuda that he writes that al couldn't uh, get to the bottom of that one. He says, Yaga Mo'id, it's based on uh, the Tas of Marginus Margalius, Shekraden test, he couldn't get one. If you take the big one, you take the big Adoshim, that's the Shnegrad, two carats. And uh, Benish says that it more or less fits, if you make the Hajman, 
the size of a carrot today is 6.2 millimeters, and based on the Miltzaka's final drawings, it all stems. He says, then I decided I wanted to have a more accurate, more specific measurement. So he said, I saw that nine small lentils are the equivalent of 280 gargade shumshimim. Now, even though today that's used to refer to sesame, but it's been my impression always from Achreinim that they always use it to refer to poppy, which makes sense. Tiny black seeds. So you can fit 280 into that space. If you use the larger beans, then it's 390. So now I've converted this into images based on experts in geometry to show you what that looks like in different shapes and sizes. So just to show you here, not so small, but this of course is another picture of a picture. Um, But you see here that he printed a number of different shapes uh, which he explains, he describes them. He says, and of course, the question is, can, I, can, the, can the blood of lice actually spread that big? But again, we're going to ignore that question. We're just going to say lahakal. He says, I have a, an actual square, and then these different shapes, and then the circle, and he has a large square and a large circle, and a small square and a small circle, depending on whether you want to go with Adashim Gudailim that he had at that time, or Adashim Benanius that he had at that time. Um, what are these actual shapes? We're concluding now. What are those actual? What are, what are the sizes? So Benish writes, if you measure, if you get, the, you have to get the original copy because otherwise, just like this, you can't rely on this printout that I have here. Even the second tfus of the old stalker, they said you couldn't rely on because the paper was a slightly different size. And certainly, in the last hundred years, when they had photo prints, it could be a totally different size. She says the square was about 18 by 18 millimeters, and the circle had a diameter of 21 millimeters. Uh, for, to, for the equivalent would be a nickel. A nickel here in the United States is, has a diameter of 21 millimeters. So that, if you go with the, the sheer benini, the adashim benanium of the Miltstaka, the smaller circle, that's 21 millimeters. And in the next year, Mir Hashem on Sunday, we'll talk about the Plessy and the Altarebbe's first teretz, his chazara, and all the additional aspects in today's uh, halakh discussions. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you.